to another episode of the Social Sit-Down Podcast. I'm your host, Sean Thomas. I took a week off to deal with a slight medical issue, but I'm back, ready to chime in about the election, sports, and also leave you with a message to ponder about, so stay tuned. So as I get older in life, I start to feel the pressures and tensions of the country more and more whether it be due to socioeconomic issues, religion issues, race, sexual orientation, and even politics. So over the last four years, it has felt like we have grown more and more divisive towards each other. And in some instances, it has driven some of us to to even hate and possibly kill one another, unfortunately. The thing that I find worst is that our biggest guide towards unifying the nation was partially responsible for tearing it apart even further. Um, I'm pretty certain that half of the people I know can pick out the things that were done right by this administration and the other half can pick out a lot of things that were done wrong with this administration. The, uh, The apex of my anger came in when President Trump had had something to say about what Colin Kaepernick did for his for his protests when, when he was in the NFL. I cannot understand how an American president would demonize an American citizen for exercising his American right to peacefully protest and get other Americans to join in in his demonization as they spotted repeatedly how much they loved this country and all the rights and freedoms that it afforded them, but couldn't take off those red, white, and blue glasses to see that what Colin Kaepernick was doing was the most American thing you can do. The the other thing that kind of, I don't want to say it angered me, but it disappointed me that he, he constantly took the low road and making personal attacks on people who are not in position um, from a power standpoint anyway in this country to fully fight back and it just we were too there's a guy named Bomani Jones y'all know Bomani I talk about Bomani all the time and one of his his things is two Americas and it's, it's said in a joking way because black people and white people see this country differently. We have a few different experiences, although the majority of what we go through is very similar. But throughout this whole time period, it just felt like we were ignoring the similarities that we had and focusing so deeply on our differences that it just it made us snap on each other. We couldn't couldn't be in the same places it was it was like we went back in time to the 50s and 60s and i guess that's what the majority of people think about when they think about making america great again i don't know i have no idea but it was a very tense time in my personal opinion and while i know that people i didn't unfollow on social media that voted for this man claimed that it was done because he wasn't afraid to speak his mind and shoot from the hip at all times that 
in my opinion, that does not necessarily make you a great candidate for the leader of the free world, especially if you cannot do it with an amount of tact and at least a modicum of decency. So last Tuesday, the country decided to go in a different direction and essentially hired Joe Biden and Kamala Harris to try to steer this thing back in the right direction. So I really don't want to stay on this because it's talking politics. You can lose a lot of people. So let's do a quick critique sandwich. The good. Uh, President-elect Joe Biden and Vice President-elect Kamala Harris was focused on trying to unify this country again, make it more inclusive to all Americans moving forward. Another thing they've decided to do was, um, which of course made me happy as a as somebody who holds a degree in one of the STEM majors, they're bringing back science and research instead of partisan rhetoric that was similar to just flipping a coin. Like, let's try this out. Let's try that out. This might work. This might work. You're not really putting any thought into it. It's just a bunch of hearsay, you know. Um, some of the bad, like I said, I'm not going to stay on this for too long, but some of the bad, whether you're a Democrat or Republican, Green, Independent, or even a non-voter, excuse me, I... I can see how and why you viewed last week's decision with a critical eye. I'm not 100% sure as to why people who don't vote and don't believe in this process and also think that the, the presidency is planned out every four years, why you have an issue with the election process, who gets elected, and things of that nature. That I, I don't think I'll ever understand that. But... For those of us with with cynical eyes, excuse me, and didn't like either candidate, I feel you. For those of you who believe nothing much will change and we're just going from overt racism back to covert racism in this country. Again, I feel you. Personally, I believe that this particular choice on the other side of the aisle was just a male version of Hillary Clinton as far as the president is concerned and a POC version of Hillary Clinton as far as the vice presidency was concerned. My rationalization is this. Life is hard. It's, it's going to always be hard living in this country as a black person and a few other people of color. I won't say all, but a few. It's difficult. It's a difficult road to hold. It's a difficult road to manage. Yeah, we know racism is alive and well, not only just where I live at in the South, but all over the United States of America. And my thinking is, if you were of the opinion that it doesn't matter who the presidency, excuse me, the president is, because you're more focused on how you make your money, keeping a roof over your head, food on the table, stuff like that. Uh, cool. But on one hand, you have somebody who's stirring up more trouble than you need to be dealing with. And like, like I said, life is hard enough as it is. So I'd rather deal with the 
it's not so much covert if you live in the south you know where you can and can't go you know what you can and can't say you're you move a lot more i don't think that's grammatically correct but anyway you move a lot more smarter down here in the south than black people or people of color would in the north and for my highly highly melanated people whom this country deem as radicals this will be the time again if you believe in this election process to start grooming your Manchurian candidate the the worst time is what was going on this year to where you waited until 2020 to talk about how the choices were horrible terrible if you believe in this election process um now now is the time whether it's through local elections whether it's through somebody that you know personally now is the time to start grooming who you feel is going to fight for you even if it's not the president of the united states or the vice president of the united states you can start grooming somebody to have a seat in congress to have a seat in the senate and go go to Washington D.C. and fight for the things that you believe in. Lastly, let's 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 do a quick good and get up out of here because again, uh, politics is too divisive. So the last little good thing, I think the first hundred days for President-elect Biden is going to be very difficult. It's going to have to do this 180 degree transition from the previous administration. Uh, what I'm encouraged by is the, the people he's initially surrounded himself with to start this four-year battle. And hopefully he remains on course to, to get good people and a diverse group of people around him to help him make decisions moving forward. Also, regardless of your opinions about our politics, Vice President-elect Kamala Harris is the visual re representation for our young girls as President Obama was for our young boys. They're too young to understand the good and the bad of what uh, Vice President Harris and President Obama have done while in office. But it gives, it gives our young people a tangible target of what is achievable in this country if you're not born as a white male. And representation, like everyone always says, representation matters. So if you do not like the politics of uh, Vice President Kamala Harris or President Obama, then that's the moment in time for you to do the teaching of what you want to see differently in your children. If they look up to them as visual inspiration of achievement and accomplishment in this country, that's a great starting point. The rest is up to you as parents or guardians to to guide their minds in the way you feel is best for them to go. Um, now that this is over, technically, I misspoke. It's not over. Here's the thing. There are still two Senate seats in Georgia that need to be won by the Democratic Party. Not because I vote Democrat or Republican, liberal, liberal or conservative. In order to have a true 50-50 split within the Senate, 
Georgia needs to elect two Democrats to those seats so that this new administration can get things done fairly and it won't be a battle every time some a new concept is brought to the floor. Um, Vice President-elect Kamala Harris's seat is also vacant, so that needs to be replaced. Also, if you believe in this democratic process of voting, then know this. Again, this is just the beginning. These elected officials are public servants, which means they work for you. You have to hold their feet to the fire to ensure that they do the things necessary for you to be not only successful, but I guess content would be the word I'm looking for. And that's not with social media postings. That's that's nothing. That's that's for vainglorious reasons. You do this through petitions, through lobbyists. Again, through your local elections. And you help put people in place that you want to see move up the ladder and serve for you. All right, so election talk rant over. Good. Let's let's get to sports. With LSU being off this week, I could focus my attention towards technically every conference that played this past Saturday. Uh, right off the jump. If you are employed by the University of Michigan, you might want to start getting your resumes together because it's not looking too good for the home team. Uh, I think we all knew that with these these new schedules that COVID brought about, we'd see some weird things. I did not have the University of Indiana winning the Big Ten or a threat, at least, to win the Big Ten as, as one of the possible things. Uh, Michigan gave hype to this quarterback. I believe his name is Milton. And he was supposed to be the next Cam Newton. He was supposed to be bringing Michigan into the new age again outside of Rich Rodriguez. And this was supposed to be the year that Michigan put it all together and went all the way, beat Ohio State, and make it into the playoffs. Well, Milton is no Cam Newton because Cam Newton took Auburn all the way to the big dance, undefeated the whole nine. Michigan has lost two games already. One to in-state rival Michigan State and another one again to Indiana, which is a basketball school. Be embarrassed. Get ready for a change. Who's going to replace Coach Harbaugh? I don't know. They'll probably go back to the well with another one of these Michigan men. They might even go get uh, only Michigan man I could think of right now is Les Miles, but I'm pretty sure they could do better than that. I believe Antonio Pierce used to be a Michigan man. I'm not sure. It's pretty bad to say on the podcast, and I'm supposed to be the sports guy, but I didn't. That just popped up at the top of my head. I didn't do the research for that, but I, I believe Antonio Pierce played for the University of Michigan, and I wouldn't mind having a black man running a Power Five school up north. Speaking of the the damage Corona has done as far as scheduling these games, the Pac-12 had to cancel two games because of a COVID spike with some of their players. They were scheduled to have six games this week. They only got four off the ground. Hopefully those young men and coaches 
and other staff members, whoever contracted uh, COVID is okay. I want to say that every week. I don't care if it's redundant. I care about people's lives and people's health. I could care less about football as far as that is concerned. But of those four games, there was only two games I cared about. I wanted to see how Oregon would look with their new QB and a new offensive coordinator. And I also wanted to see how UC would, UC, USC would play with their coach's career hanging in the balance this year. Couldn't see Oregon because President-elect Joe Biden had his, his speech, so that game was preempted. Um, but I did get a chance to see USC. The defense didn't look all that impressive, uh, especially against the run. The offense, on the other hand, is something something special to watch. With Keaton, Keaton Slovis as the trigger man for this version of the air raid offense and Coach Graham Harrell calling plays, USC is going to be a fun team to watch. Now, will they win the eight games? Hell, will they even play eight games this year is, is beyond me. But will they win at least... Mm, Let's just say 70, 80% of their games. I don't know. Because like I said, the defense looked horrible. But if the the head coach of USC has to lose his job, I believe Clay Helton will get another job somewhere else in the lower division. And they might just promote Graham Harrell to run the whole show next year. COVID is something weird. So don't hold, don't hold my opinion to that. Or don't hold me to that opinion. Because I have no idea what these contracts are going to look like for next year. Everything is up in the air. Another person I wanted to see but didn't get a, a real good chance to because of work. This guy I've been hyping, hyping up pretty much since the, the start of this football season. And that's Garrett King. He had a nice bounce back game. Played against NC State. So, I mean, that's kind of easy to, if you're Miami, to have a bounce back game on. Had over 500 yards of total offense, five touchdowns, but I have to go back to that Clemson game. It wasn't all that exciting. He was below average as a quarterback. So you need to keep this up, be consistent with this, get into a legit bowl game, beat a legit team, and I think you could leave Miami and go on to the NFL and get drafted. Think he's under six feet tall, so he could probably get drafted within the first four rounds with the film that he has right now. Personally, I'd come back and see if I could get Clemson while they do their transition to this brand new quarterback. And I think the defense is taking a hit as well. And see if you can win the ACC and improve your draft stock. But again, that's if I was advising him. Speaking of Clemson. Notre Dame that most people wanted to see was Clemson versus Notre Dame, but I really, really do not like either one of their head coaches, which makes it very hard for me to watch either one of those teams. I saw the two overtimes that they had, and the only reason I was watching that game, that part of the game, should I say, is because I was waiting to see Dave Chappelle on Saturday Night Live. Other than that, I would not have watched any part of that game. Again, given my future as a podcaster, given my future as somebody who wants to go into the coaching field, especially at the collegiate level, these words might not be the most intelligent 
but I am not going to lie to you, my budding audience. I do not like these two coaches for very personal reasons. I hope and pray to whomever. I never have to be put in a situation where I have to or need to or it's the only only caveat or uh, not caveat the only caveat something totally different but you you get what I'm saying if these are the only two people that I can work for in order to start my college career I'll stay at the high school level I'm that passionate about that before I leave this college football topic though I, I want to say this I am extremely happy for Coach Fisher at Texas A&M. The only loss they have so far in the season is to the University of Alabama, which will probably finish the season as the number one team in the nation. I think if Texas A&M can win out and beat everybody else they have remaining on their schedule, I predict, and this is something you can hold me to, I predict that they will be one of the four teams in the college football playoff at the end of the season. Man, so Dallas almost pulled off the impossible. Almost. Uh, Fortunately, they have a scary risk-averse head coach. On fourth and short, on the plus side of the 50, with a lead versus a team who was supposed to beat you mercifully. You go for it. Especially when you have somebody like Zeke Elliott in your backfield. But unfortunately, for Cowboy fans, and I do feel sorry for you, I know I root against your team mightily. I feel sorry for you. Mike McCarthy decided to kick that field goal, put that terrible defense back on the field to stop one of the best offenses in the NFL. And they wound up losing the game. Again, I I, I am so sorry for you, Cowboy fans. Y'all, y'all are going to have to go through some hell. Yes, love rooting against y'all. I root for the 49ers and the New Orleans Saints. So, Cowboys are like mortal enemies, but I hate watching garbage football. I cannot stand watching garbage football. And right now, what's going on in Dallas is an abomination. Mike McCarthy should have never been hired. I tell you this, if they would have went with um, Cincinnati's old coach, Coach Marvin Lewis, they would be way more competitive on both sides of the ball than what they are right now under Mike McCarthy. But again, what do I know? I'm just a high school coach who can't make his way into the big scene yet. But heaven help the league if I ever get there. Like most of y'all, so like most of y'all that's listening to me right now, I also have a fantasy football team that I live and die with. And the two games that were in my region were the Colts versus the Ravens and the Panthers versus the Chiefs. That is supposed to be an easy choice. Watch the damn Chiefs. Why not? But I had more players playing for the Colts than I had any interest in this other game. So I didn't see the majority of the Panthers versus Chiefs. And good God. Luckily, the person I was playing against was just as bad as I was. So everything worked out fine. But I wish I would have had more time to watch this Panthers versus Chiefs game. I did get a chance to flip back from time to time when uh, my game was on commercial. And I was hyped to see the Carolina 
gave Kansas City a run for their money. I know earlier in the week, Coach Rule had something in the media that he showed his players that uh, as far as total points were concerned, even though Kansas City gets the bulk of the hype for how productive their offense is and how creative it is, because it, it is, I could tell you, as a coach and as a fan, it's, it's, it's complex looking. It's very innovative, and it is extremely creative. But the Carolina Panthers are only like three points behind Kansas City as far as total points scored this season. Before leading up to that game, anyway. I think they're only like six now because the, the game was close. Uh, I think it, it helped the mentality of his players going into that game, and they almost, almost, almost pulled off an upset. So even though Carolina is the rival, because of Teddy Bridgewater, I'm I'm hoping for good things for him, and it was nice to see he was able to hang with Kansas City. Unfortunately, that defense that they have, Lord have mercy. I can't really say too much, too many bad things about them because Kansas City makes everybody look bad. But you know, next year. Another game that I really, really wanted to see but wasn't on in my region was the battle of the Minimes, little short quarterbacks, Miami versus Arizona. Saw all the highlights. The highlights were good for both quarterbacks, but what stuck out to me was Tua Tungavailoa. If he could keep up this consistency, the way this defense has been molded under Coach Flores, man, this is... The AFC East is in position to be one of the top divisions in all of football come next year. This year is a wash for everybody, COVID. But next year, I'm excited for Miami to see what they can do, not only with their draft picks, but with the Houston Texans draft picks as well. See how how they can make a come up either through the draft or through trades. Because, man, this I thought it was a sinker ship last year. I thought they, they set... Coach Flores up for the okie doke last year, but it turned out, man, this dude, he's going to be an awesome. He's going to be an awesome one. And I root for all the black coaches in college and in the pros. So I'm excited to see what Coach Flores is going to do moving forward. And I'm excited to see what the Miami Dolphins can turn into within the next, I want to say, three years because – it, it, it's not a laughable thought to say that they, are, they can be Super Bowl contenders within the next two to three years. Hey, man, won't see a dead body. <laughs> Lord, the Saints allegedly played a game last night against the Tom Brady-led Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Um, I don't know what that was outside of. The fans might have been bored to tears who live outside of the state of Louisiana and possibly Arkansas and Mississippi. But for me, it was, let me mind my words, man. It was, um, <laughs> let's just say it was fun. It was, it was fun for me to watch. And it could have been an all-out embarrassment for Tampa Bay. Uh, should have been a shutout in the NFL, which is embarrassing, but... Luckily, luckily for Tampa Town, the Buccaneers of Tampa Bay were able to kick an oblong ball into a very big H. And so the game ended 38-3. to 
and I, I I guess that makes it respectable. I have no idea. Uh, man, there's not much to comment on this game, especially from Tampa side of things. Man, they they just look horrible. Uh, was it just me, or did it look like Tom Brady quit midway through the game the way he was playing? Uh, with some of them throws, it was either that or he was point shaving. I understand if I want to legitimize this podcast that I, I can't I can't say stuff like that all the time. And I also have to use words like allegedly in order not to get sued. But that looked horrible. That looked horrible. Some of those throws he was tossing out there, it, it seemed like it was his first week playing for Tampa Bay like he just got traded to the team wide receivers would be running one route and he would just sling the ball out there 20 yards past where the guy was Tom was so bad last night uh, dude Marcus Williams now this meant again this means nothing to anybody that lives outside of New Orleans lives outside of Louisiana do not root for the Saints Marcus Williams for you outsiders. That's a guy that blew the tackle on Stephon Diggs when he was in Minnesota and allowed Minnesota to make that glorious comeback. That guy caught an interception off of Tom Brady. Also, famous Jameis Winston, the guy they kicked out of town because he threw too many interceptions. He wound up having a better QBR at the end of the game than the Hall of Famer on the other team. That's how bad of a night. And Jameis on drew the ball twice. That's how bad of a night Tom Brady had yesterday. Intercepted three times. Sacked three times. And because the Saints possessed the ball for so long, they only ran, as a football team, a total of five times for the night. Defensively, the Saints pretty much played the perfect game. I mean, you can't tackle, cover, Sack the quarterback, nothing than what they did last night. They also, on the goal line, Tampa went for it four times and came away with no points. The Saints played a perfect game. The head coach won't tell them that. The defensive coordinator won't tell them that. But I can say that as a podcaster. They played the perfect game. That was so exciting and so fun to watch for me last night. This is the Super Bowl caliber team or at least defensively, that everybody was talking about coming into this year when everybody was picking the Saints to represent the NFC in the Super Bowl, talking about how deep we were, excuse me, the Saints. I can only say we with LSU. How deep the Saints are at pretty much every position. And this was this was beautiful. And Michelle, uh, Lattimore. Lattimore has been criticized, rightfully so, for the past few weeks, once again, he shut down one of the best wide receivers in the NFL and, and Mr. Evans, Mike Evans. Two targets, no catches, including that, that fade touchdown pass that did not connect and uh, on one of those goal line stands. Man, it's, it was awesome. I, can't, I cannot say that enough. It was awesome. Offensively, I mean, the Saints were the Saints. Uh, I think the starting quarterback had another record last night because they completed the ball to 12 different receivers, which is ridiculous. The only hiccup came when, when Jared Cook fumbled the ball at the goal line. And for some odd reason, 
the blocking scheme had him to where he was he was pass protecting on one of the best sack artists in the NFL, which caused the Saints starting quarterback to fumble the ball. But outside of that, man, outside of that, the Saints played pretty okay on defense. Excuse me, on offense, the running game still. That's a bad critique on my part, because I mean that's that's kind of nitpicky. Because I mean it's yards yards per per rush wise, I guess they were all right. Blah blah blah. But I'm a 77's baby. 77's baby man. I I I do like running the football. I don't think it's a, a lost art or a dead art. And I would like to see the head coach. Who did coach a young man by the name of Marshall Falk at San Diego State <laughs> to run the ball a little bit more than what he did last night? But again, that's nitpicking on on a thirty-eight to three victory away from home. Coming up next for the Saints, they have a home game against San Francisco, and San Francisco is beat up, beat up bad. They 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 are just riddled with injuries that uh. <sighs> I was about to say it's inexplicable, but when you don't have your mini camp and you don't have your preseason, these are the things that happen. And after that, we get the Falcons here at home. I said we again, didn't I? Lord, Lord, Lord. The Saints get the Falcons at home right before the Thanksgiving holiday. So, I, I'm i like a kid on Christmas right now. The Saints made me very happy last night. And I'm hoping to see uh, – you can't play a game like that defensively more than twice a season. So I hope to see an effort like that again before the season is over with. If they could get some kind of consistency like they had last night, I, I can see the Saints making a deep playoff run. And I can see what the pundits are saying about them being a Super Bowl team as well. I will not hold my breath because there's a lot of competition out there. I'm looking mostly at Green Bay, Seattle, although the way they play defense is suspect at best. I I think the Saints could take them defensively. It's going to be exciting moving forward, and I can't wait. As far as my parting message goes let me start off by saying rest in peace to Alex Trebek I know he was he's been battling his pancreatic cancer for a while now I think it's been not a decade because he was stage 4 but I, I do believe it's been some years as a former cancer patient myself it's always it's always difficult and hard to see people who pass away from cancer. So, uh, he's without pain. He's without struggle. So, that is something to be happy about. That is something to celebrate. He seemed to be, I didn't know him personally, of course, but he seemed to be a very kind person and a, a, a respectable human being. And that's all you can ask, especially out of our celebrities in life. Just be as decent of a person as you possibly can and be kind to other people. 
the message. I posted something on Instagram yesterday or day before yesterday. My days are running into each other. I, I, I don't remember. But it was a it was a borrowed post on if you had followed your dreams as a kid, what would you have grown up to become uh, career wise? When I was in middle school, the career choice was going to be cardiologist. When I got to high school, I listed a whole bunch of stuff that I wanted to do. Mostly sports related, um, you know, playing football for LSU, winning national championships, winning Heisman trophies, getting drafted by the 49ers because that was my team above the Saints for a minute, replacing Ricky Waters, winning Super Bowls in San Francisco, and then coming back to uh, coming back home to New Orleans to help New Orleans win their first ever Super Bowl. And... Once all that was over, all the accolades, the Hall of Fame, College Football Hall of Fame, NFL Hall of Fame, all that good stuff, I would go into coaching and try to become the first black coach to win a national championship at the Division One level. Now, one of those things is still up for grabs as, as of today. One of those things is still up for grabs. I've been rooting for black coaches that's coaching at the collegiate level to get there before me. There's no hatred if somebody gets there before me. Even though that was a dream of mine, it's I don't want to be selfish with that dream. Other people are in position. They busted their behinds to get there because it's not easy to get there. They can get it done before me and get in the history books like I wanted to get into the history books. Then more power to them. I applaud them. I will root for them. I will whatever. But the thing of it is is this. We got we're in November and we have a month and a half until the brand new year starts. Just because 2020 turned out to be a not so great year for most of us doesn't mean that 2021 has to be the same way you can start meditating on what you really want to do for next year right now if there was a childhood dream that's still in focus for you and whether you believe you can get it or not if it's still something that's realistically attainable why not shoot for it you made it through one of the worst years in American history. I don't know if it's the worst year, but it's one of the worst years in American history. And if you're listening to this on, on a platform within another country, this is one of the worst years in recorded world history. If you made it through, why not shoot for that thing that you've always, always, always wanted to do? Even if you have to take your cue from from me, I suck at public speaking. I really do not like my own voice. Um, trying to get used to both of them. It was suggested that because of my voice, I should start a podcast. And I thought about it, thought about it, thought about it, thought about it. Until finally, 2020 gave me zero excuses. The Anchor app is free. And I just went for it. 
And after this is recorded and put out, I'll be 17 episodes in. I also have aspirations of doing some writing. I've already done some freelance writing for fansided.com, the subsection of uh, LSU, uh, 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 Bernie Fartner, Death Valley Voice. I'm, I'm going to leave that in. Uh, I'm not erasing that. So I have some experience, but now what I'm really nervous about is doing my own thing. I've been a freelance writer for three different websites, but doing my own thing is, is, it is what it is, man. I'm nervous about it. I have an Instagram page for my writing. I have a Twitter page for my writing. I have an email set up for my writing. And I truly believe in my heart of hearts that I'm a better writer than I am a speaker. I just haven't pulled the trigger on it. What's stopping me? Fear of the unknown. The stuff that's probably stopping the people that's listening to me right now. Fear of the unknown. But that's something I need to meditate on. Because if I do achieve my ultimate dream of coaching collegiate football at the highest level, I'm going to have to publicly speak. I'm going to have to talk on the radio. And uh, I don't know how much you know about coaches, but you get more hate than you do get than you get love. So going to have to deal with the negativity that people bring your way on a daily basis because for some odd reason, everybody in their mama think they could coach whatever sports you're talking about. So that's that's my part message. Think about what you really, really wanted to do even in your young age. And if you have not accomplished that yet, begin to meditate on, again, if it's realistic. If you're five foot two and you want to be six foot 11 and you're in your 30s, hey, tough luck. But if it's something, again, that's realistically attainable, even if it sounds crazy, meditate on it and try to find a way to do it. again for stopping by and giving my podcast a listen taking time out of your day to listen to me really does mean a lot to me now that i am also available on itunes please 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 subscribe rate review unsubscribe subscribe again rate and review some more it's greatly appreciated i'm gonna work with the algorithms to see how good and how popular this thing can be. I'm in talks with somebody trying to help me out with this and make a, a, a better product for everybody that's listening. Hopefully by the time I get to episode, say 25, it'll start to be a little more clean, a little more polished, and a little bit more palatable as well. So again, I I thank you. I appreciate you listening to me. And I hope that you enjoy your week.